You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Luke chapter number 14, and we'll begin the reading in verse number uh, 15. And we'll go through verse number 24. And if you can just follow along as I read. Uh, Luke chapter number 14, beginning in verse number 15. Uh, and it says, And when one of them that sat at me, it's one of the Pharisees, with, with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat the bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, this is Jesus speaking back, he said, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, I must needs go see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I need to go prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. We know who runs the household there. Verse number 21, So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. This passage of Scripture known as the Great Supper is such a great illustration of where our church and Christians of our generation have found themselves since Christ's appearance here on earth. We begin the parable of the Great Supper in verse number 16 in response really to a Pharisee's uh, worthless spiritual one-liner that he gives in verse number 15. But verse 16 says that Jesus sent him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And what a great image of this is God inviting all of mankind to spend eternity with him in heaven. For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then verse number 17, And sent his servant. The master sent his servant. And we are God's servants. We are his servants. We've been placed on earth to do the will of the Father. Not to do our own will. Not to do our own agenda. Not to have our own plans or ambitions. But we are here on earth to do the will of the Father. Revelation 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and praise. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Our purpose for being is not to serve ourselves, but to serve the Master. What is also comforting about being a servant here in this illustration is we are the master servants, is this supper is provided by not the servants. The supper is provided by the Master. It's the Master's Supper. The servant didn't make it. The servant didn't assist. The servant was not responsible. It wasn't the master who sent out this grant invitation and said, hey, you bring what you have. You bring your own family dish. It's not a, it's not a potluck this supper. And by the way, talking about potlucks here, I know that potlucks are really one of the Baptist distinctives. It's right there in the acrostic, you know, B, biblical authority, A, autonomy of local church, P, potlucks, T, two ordinances. It's right there in the Baptist acrostic there. 
But can we just end church potlucks, please? Can we just end them? There's a reason that the word luck is in potluck, okay? You have no idea what you're going to get. You have no idea what is there. Who made this? Nobody knows. And nobody wants to claim it because it's some kind of popularity contest, you know, where this dish is more eaten than this dish. Then you take home the leftovers that you didn't want anyway, which is why you brought it to the potluck in the first place. And so all these things, so I, I, if, if I could, I, I, if I could take a vote on it, we would just end potlucks in just for everybody, just not for our church, but for everybody in general. But this supper, it was provided by the master. It wasn't the servant that came or that he didn't ask the servant to bring anything to the supper. He didn't ask the people who he invited to bring anything to supper. It was provided and paid for by the master. This supper was provided, not the servants. He didn't need any help. He didn't need any assistance. And I'm so glad that I'm not responsible for my own salvation. Amen? I'm, I'm glad that because my righteousness is his filthy rags. And I'm so glad that if I, if I, like you, if we were responsible for our own salvation, we would be in a heap of mess. And so I'm so glad that the supper that he invites us to to spend eternity with him in heaven was provided and paid for by the only one who could provide it, the master. It's provided and paid for by him. It's not, and you know, in addition to being a servant, it's provided and paid for by the master. But even when the servant goes out and he tells the servant to go out and to bid them, and he says he bade many to come to the supper. And as he bade that many, the servant, as he goes and talks to the people, as we go and invite others and tell others about the invitation of Christ's love and Christ's gift that he gives us on the, as he died on the cross, as we go and invite them, you know when we invite them, it's not our supper that we're inviting them to. It's not even through our own power. It's not through our own abilities. It's not through our own talents that we help people, that we comfort people, that God uses us. And he uses us really as a funnel, as a tool in his uh, workshop, if you will, that God uses us because it's not from our own power. It's not from our own abilities. It's from the master, the master of the seas, the master of the waves, the master of the wind, the master of the universe, the one who controls it all. And he's the one who's doing the inviting. And what God is able to do through us is not from what we are able to do ourselves. But then here in the second half of verse 17, after he says it's sermon at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. In this unassuming phrase, the simple invitation and then a compelling argument of why to come. The word come, just a humble offer which is extended to all mankind. Such a modest request for them to attend. And it is time to come to Jesus now. It's time to come to lay your sins, to lay your cares, to lay your burdens, to lay your requests at the feet of the one who cares, the feet of the one who can, the feet of the one who comforts, the feet of the one who covers. For God is able to do all that we are needing of Him. The word to come. It's a sincere desire for all men to come. God is not looking down from, his, from heaven regretting His decision to invite all of mankind. He's not saying, oh, well, you repented of your sins, and, well, I didn't really mean the invitation for you. No. He says to come. It's a sincere desire for all men that he wants all men to spend eternity with him in heaven. Yeah, I draw the relation, uh, and it's just a silly illustration, but there's so many different vital showers right now going on, so many baby showers, all the different things. The schedule is so packed during this time, and we're probably going to have a baby shower pretty soon, so I don't want to kill our chances here about this. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, what it, it amazes me that um, when, uh, let me see how I can put this politely, when the ladies don't get invited to a, a, an event that they would have had to buy a very expensive gift for, they get all offended. 
And so it never made sense to me. And guys, you have to back me up on this one, please. It just does not make sense. I know the ladies feel like they're left out somehow. I didn't want to buy your baby a gift anyway, okay? I didn't want to, you know what? You're going to get married. You're going to get a wedding gift. Why should you get a bridal gift? It doesn't make any sense to me what's going on here. But I, so that's why I'm glad that I don't have to attend. I don't get invited to those things. But invite my wife, please. She gets offended if you don't invite her. So please invite her to all of these things and then she'll pay for them because I'm not going to pay for them. So, but that's... But, but these things where God is not being selective on who he invites. He says he bade many to come, for all things are now ready. Come. It's that simple, humble offering to come. But then there's a stronger here, a, a more stronger reasoning for attending. He says, after the word come, he says, for all things are now ready. All things are now ready. He doesn't say that some things are now ready. He doesn't say that all things will be ready. He says all things are now ready. And I'm pleased to remind us tonight that salvation, it's now ready. There's nothing more that we have to do, nothing more that we have to work for. We don't have to take any kind of spiritual financing or come some kind of spiritual loan or we don't have to work for it. God's gift of salvation is ready now. It's not anything that we have to wait. It's not that we have to wait seven more years or do this or that. God's plan of salvation, it is ready for us now. If we are not worthy of a Christ-made salvation available through his vicarious death, then it is ready for us to take now. Come, for all things are now ready. And for all of the sinners who are able to hear, as we invite them, it's time to come now. It's time for them, as you talk to them, the urgent plea to come now. There's nothing more that you have to work for. There's nothing more that you have to wait for. The, the plea is to come now, for all things are now ready. Not only salvation ready now, heaven is ready now. There are no more streets of gold to pave, no more mansions to erect, no more uh, precious stone foundations to be laid. Heaven is ready for us now. When the rapture occurs and when we're caught up together with him in the air, we will be in heaven with him forever because it is now ready for us. You know, this uh, illustration of him being ready and salvation in heaven be ready for us now, it, it likens to me, I was definitely spoiled growing up, not only from our, our church, but also in our house, very, very spoiled. I didn't really even really recognize it when I was growing up there. But it developed in me a pet peeve that you may not even know you have. But you, I, you probably have this pet peeve like I do. And this pet peeve is when you're eating. And it doesn't matter the food. It doesn't matter what it is. But if it's supposed to be hot, all the things have to be hot. Am I right? All of it has to be the exact same temperature at all times. You cannot have the piping hot chicken or whatever it is and then the mashed potatoes being ice cold. It just does not work for me. That is a big pet peeve of mine. You know, the frozen vegetables are there, and then the chicken's 800 degrees. You can't even eat it. You got to wait for that. But then, the, anyway, so I, it's all of these things. And so uh, my family did a tremendous job growing up all of the food, making sure that it was all ready at the same time. And it's some kind of special dance that chefs do. I don't know how they all do it. With everything, you know, you're trying to do all the things at one time, trying to make sure that it's all ready at the same time. But it has to be all, if it's supposed to be hot, it has to be all hot at the same time. That even goes for microwaving leftovers, okay? You cannot have, as you put it in there, if you have to do 30 seconds, stir it, and another 30 seconds, stir it, another 30, until, until Christ comes back. Just make sure that it's all the same temperature. You cannot have the edges being, you know, boiling and, and then the, the middle. Anyway, I'm not going to keep on going. Yeah, I hope I'm not the only one who has that pet peeve, okay? And I didn't even really know I had it so, but until, until it happened to me one time. So then I, then I realized I had it. And, you know, but uh, 
it's just this thing where all things are now ready. The statement, all things are now ready. It comes with divine preparation. You know, the readiness on God's part is not disputed. It's in God's habit to have everything ready for his children. Whether for his invited guests here in this illustration or whether for his creatures, you'll never discover him to be late in preparation or in a scramble to get the table arranged and the food prepared. The Lord has infinite forethought. And every little point of detail is always well arranged. It was demonstrated in creation. He didn't create a single blade of grass on the face of the earth until the soil and the atmosphere was prepared. He prepared the face of the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, the animals, all in perfect order until it was ready for mankind. The ark was prepared before the flood. Uh, the, grains, the, the store grains that were already in Egypt before the famine. Uh, God provided the Canaan land for the children of Israel. God provided the ravens at the brook Cherith. God will always provide, and it's always in perfect order because of his forethought. And he always has it prepared and ready for when you need it. For God's thoughts go before man's comings. God's thoughts go before man's actions. The scripture says, come, for all things are now ready. Not if you come, all things will be ready. Because they are ready now. Therefore, it is time to come. And that's his plea. It's not if you come, then I'll make sure that it's ready. No, no, no. It's ready now. And it's time to come to God now. And God's thoughts go before men's action for the invitation of the sinners is not to wait another seven years, then everything will be ready. But since the debt was paid on Calvary for the sins of mankind, all things are now ready. The emphasis is time to come now. You know, God's readiness is not in doubt. It's clearly defined and it's now ready. It is evident that the entire readiness of salvation is dependent and rests with the sinner. Salvation is ready now. Heaven is ready now. There's nothing more on God's part to wait for any longer. The sinner's readiness is the final determination whether or not they will attend the marriage supper of the Lamb. A person's readiness to come to Christ and to trust Him for their salvation does not have anything to do with social status or wealth. And after those, and He invited those, and He says, and He bade many, and after those gave excuse, then He goes and He invites the blind, the poor, the halt, the maimed, and he goes into the streets and the lanes and the highways and the hedges. And it's already been paid for and by the price of the master. The invitation to come isn't reserved for the wealthy. It's not reserved for the good-looking or for the talented or for the popular or for the royalty. The master's invitation isn't based upon social status or media following. His invitation is extended to all. And even though my righteousness is as filthy rags, he reached down, extended to, to me in my sin, took upon himself my punishment, forgave me my sin, lifted me up out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock, put me in his hand where no man could pluck me out, and God saved me because I was ready. And now I get to spend eternity with him in heaven. It was all based upon my willingness to accept the invitation, the gift that God gave. The Bible says that he bade many. But he says, those that were bidden made excuse. And the Bible says right here that it won't just be as we go and invite others to Christ. And this illustration of us being servants, inviting others to attend the same supper that we will get to feast in ourselves. And you know, I, I, this isn't even in my notes, but I, I, I have a desire, and I think that this is true. Where you could taste the greatest thing on earth. You know what the he feast in heaven is going to be? It's going to be flavors that we haven't even thought of yet. It's going to be food that's never been discovered, never laid eyes on by humankind. It's going to be so great, so magnificent. 
But you know, the Bible says that he bade many, but those many made excuse. And as we go and invite others, there's going to be many excuses. There's going to be many that made excuse. They're not even going to be good excuses. But there are going to be many that made excuse. And you know what? As we as the servants, as we go and invite, it's not our job to make excuses for them. If you're passing somebody in the grocery store or you're passing somebody at the coffee shop or you're knocking on somebody's door, it's not our job as the servants to make an excuse for them. It's our job simply to just tell them that all things are now ready. If they give an excuse, that's between them and God. But it's not for us to make excuse. I find that is true in my own life. As you know, I pass somebody on the street or whatever it is, and I say, oh, you know, he probably doesn't really have time. He probably really, he probably doesn't want to be bothered right now. But it's not my job to make excuses for them. It's only my job to invite. It's only my job to tell them that all things are now ready. And you know, you don't know what that gospel seed, what it's going to grow into. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so, my, so shall my word that be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereinto I send it. You know that track that you pass? You don't know what's going to grow from that. That gospel seed that you plant. But if you don't plant it, it's not going to grow. And if you don't invite, they're not going to know. And so God's word and the Holy Spirit do the convicting the hearts of the sinners. For his word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. But then we finally come tonight to the crux of the story. Really this part of the parable that I like to emphasize and after bidding many and after many excuses, verse number 21. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halts and the blind. This very clear illustration is indicative of what occurs as we, as good servants, invite others to attend the marriage supper of the land, and many will give excuse. But then, there's a change of pace. And the master says to go out into the streets and the lanes. He says to go out quickly. He says to go out quickly. And we know that the readiness of the supper is not in question. It's ready for us now. And it's reliant on those offered for attendance. And there was an urgency before. Hey, come now, because it's ready now. But now the master says to go out, and to go out quickly. You know, I, I, I have the privilege when, when I was growing up here to attend many youth conferences, and now I get to help Brother Russ with the youth conference. But in high school, all of the high school guys get the privilege of being a youth conference usher during youth conference. It's a great thing to be the, a youth conference usher. And I remember back in about 2010, when I was still in high school, I remember being a youth conference usher back here at this store in the very back back here. And I remember Brother Tim, Brother Thompson running that youth conference. I remember they were up here. They were doing, I don't even remember what they were doing. But for some reason, in the middle of the youth conference, in the middle of whatever we were doing, in front of about 1,300, 1,400 people in the auditorium, or the registered delegates in the auditorium from the youth conference, in front of all those people, he, I remember it to this day. He said, Luke, can you bring this? I don't even remember what it was. I just remember him calling me from the back. And you know the ushers were always telling, hey, quickly, 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 ushers, please, 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 fast, 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 fast. And we're telling all these ushers to go all these different directions, quick, 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 quick. And so I remember him telling me, and I remember him saying, quick, 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 quick. And I remember running down this aisle. I don't even remember why I was doing, why, what I had that he was so important that he wanted me to bring. And I remember running down this aisle. I remember in front of all those registered delegates, I was here and I was running up these steps. 
And because he wanted it so quickly, because he wanted it so fast and so bad, Brother Thompson and Brother Tim were up here. I remember just running up these steps. I remember skipping these steps. And as I was climbing these steps and I was running them, I finally got to about this step right here. And I thought that I could make it to the top step. <laughs> it doesn't seem that far, does it? And I thought I could make it. But for some reason, I don't know. I, the next thing I know, I kid you not, this is a true story. I remember tripping on this right here and I fell to my knees and I literally slid like all the way back here. I, on my knees, I was sliding. I was, I don't know what kind of dance move I was doing. It was all the way over here and I slid. And if you remember, oh, if you remember Brother Thompson's laugh, he literally, he literally died that night laughing. He literally passed out and died right there from laughing at me so hard. And he and Brother Tim, and Brother Tim was the kind one, you know, he was, did you, need, did you need any help? And I remember, I remember looking around and everybody was looking at me, because I mean, everybody on the platform was looking at me, and so why not everybody else in the auditorium be looking at me? And I was such a fool, such a, I looked like such an idiot, and I don't even remember why, I think they just did it just to make fun of me, I'm pretty sure. And I don't even think they really needed anything, I think they were just calling me up just because. And uh, they, but they had a good time, and they remind me of that even, even now. So they don't let me get over that. I remember sliding up here, and you know, I was trying to go so fast, but you know, as we tell these, I liken it to this, as we tell the ushers, quick, 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 hey, there's a job to do, there's something to do, we got to go fast, please, 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 quick, 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 we have to go fast. And I remember trying to go so fast here, and tripping and falling. But you know what, the day of Jesus, as, as, as Christ here says, to go out to the streets and the lanes, he says to go out, he says to go out, quickly because guess what there's not much time left when jesus made this declaration when he made the parable two thousand years ago and he said salvation is ready now well it's been ready for two thousand years i don't think it'll be ready for two thousand more i don't think we're going to get the opportunity to have another two thousand years to invite people to heaven the day of Jesus appearing is, is growing closer every day. He says to go out. He says to go out and invite them. He says to go out quickly because there's not much time left. It's almost supper time. He says to go out quickly because there's not much time left. And because there's not much time left, it's more important now than ever that we do everything that we can to serve our God. We, there, our, our bus ministry is so more important now than ever. Our Sunday school ministry is more important now than ever. Bible distribution is more important now than ever. Uh, soul winning is more important now than ever. Singing the choir more important now than ever. Our Christian testimony more important now than ever. Because there's not much time left. You know, it's not time to deny the call. As he says to go out quickly, it's not time to deny the call. It's not time to play with God's will, the call of your life. It's not time to uh, really even question the call. It's time now because there's not much time left. It's time that we go out and invite them to go out into the streets and the lanes and the highways and the hedges and to compel them to come in that God's house may be full because there's not much time left. We have to go out quickly. There's no time to delay, no time to question. We cannot be doing less for God now. We must be doing more. We cannot be serving God less now. We cannot be attending church less now. We cannot be inviting more less, uh, less people now. We cannot be running our buses less now. There's not much time left. It's time that we go out into the highways and the hedges and the streets and lanes, compel them to come in because there's there's not much time left. There's not much time left. It's almost supper time. To show them the urgency, to compel them, to show them the signs of the time, as, and we convey the immediate return of our Lord. 
Because pretty soon, the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God shall sound in the dead, and Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet Him in the air and, spend, and, and be with, ever with Him with our Lord. And you know when that time comes, when the rapture comes, it will be too late. When the rapture comes, it'll be too late. There will be no more time to invite others. There's going to be no more going out. There's going to be no more. It's, it's going to be too late. God likens it in another parable. He likens it to the field. He says the fields are white unto harvest. It's almost too late to reap the harvest. It's almost too late. You know, we cannot be doing less for God now. We cannot be inviting less people now. Yes, we as servants, yes, go. Servants, go. But go out quickly. Are we doing everything that we can? And I know, again, I said before, we're, I'm preaching to the choir. And it's such a faithful, such a faithful and great church. But are we doing everything that we can? Are we inviting all that we can? Because there's not much time left. There's not much time. It's almost time for the Lord's return. You can see it. The signs of the time are becoming more clear every day. There's not much time left. It's time for us, as the Master says, He says to go. He says to go. Yes, go. But go out quickly. Into the streets and lanes, into the blind, the halt, the maimed, the poor, and tell them to come to Him, to tell them about the invitation of God's eternity with God in heaven. It is time to invite them because there's not much time left. You know, if you're serving in an area, keep on serving. If you're in the bus ministry, keep on the bus ministry. We, we cannot afford to lose you right now in the bus ministry. If you're in the Sunday school, keep teaching the Sunday school. If you're passing out Bibles, keep passing out Bibles. If you're handing out tracts, keep handing out tracts. Keep constantly witnessing to others. If you're a prayer warrior, keep on praying. It's not time to do less. It's time to do more. Because the time is quickly approaching for the rapture, for our soon return of our Lord. And when that time comes, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. I know I'm speaking to literally the greatest church in all the world. But it's not time to do less. It's time to do more. And you know, it must not have been easy for the servants to do all of these things as they were just doing the bidding of the Master, but it was worth it. And it'll be worth it when we're in heaven. And we see them, you may not even know the people that you, that you have planted the gospel seed. You may not even know how God uses that. But it's time for us to do our job as servants of God to go out, to compel them to come in, to tell them that salvation is now ready for them. Keep it up and let us do more. You know, God is God's not done with North Valley Baptist Church. God has used us for these past many decades, but you know what? The time of the North Valley Baptist Church is not just some already written, closed chapter of Baptist history. If there's not much time left, I can guarantee you God wants to do more with our church now than He's ever done before. He doesn't want us to be having less big days. He wants us to be having more. He doesn't want us to have less baptisms. He wants us to be having more. He doesn't want less Sunday school. He wants more. He doesn't want less preaching. He wants more. He doesn't want less services. He wants more. He doesn't want less people in His house. He wants more. Because the time's almost gone. 
I hope that we as a church realize that we are doing, and I hope that we do everything in our power as we recognize the time of Christ's soon return. And I hope that we do everything that we can for Him. We are to go out. To go out, yes, go, yes. But go out quickly because there's not much time left. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.